<clears throat> You're listening to the Sans Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, <laughs> adventures, and ghosts. Hello and welcome back to Total Reboot, baby. My name is Alexi Toliopoulos and joining me as always on the only podcast in the history of podcasting about movies, cinema and film is Cameron James, dude. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, we're presenting for you today a classic ep. One from the archives. We've prized open the vault and we're standing in front of it like... Uh, Geraldo himself, and we're about to have a look inside. Hopefully it's not empty, um, like Capone's one tragically yes. was. Quite tragically it was. The reference that Cameron was employing was Geraldo mm. Rivera, mm-hmm. noted scandalous mm. journalist mm-hmm. and a huckster. Mm-hmm. He opened Capone's vault and it was hyped up and you on opened it inside was you know, on live TV. You know, it's a it's an extremely stressful medium. And he opened it, you never know what's gonna happen inside a hunk of junk. Absolutely but bullshit. Fortunately for you guys, we are not Geraldo, okay? Yes, currently we both do have mustaches, <laughs> neither of them as impressive as Geraldo's. But what is more impressive is the contents behind the vault. It is one of our favorite episodes of Total Reboot from Past. And what are we presenting today, Alexi? And this one was selected by the members of our Patreon group as one of their favorite episodes to bring back out and reintroduce people to in a classic Total Reboot rediscovery. This is Todd Phillips's Joker. So when I hear the words Todd Phillips and Joker, I think, yeah, this guy makes funny movies. I'm talking old school. I'm talking the hangovers part one, two, and three. I'm talking the other one that he made, Due Date. And, of course, the one with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, which is called Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch. So this, awesome. this must be a funny movie. Well, that's where you're right. Good. <laughs> It's based on comic book characters, Mm -hmm. and I don't know why I put the emphasis on the book, because this is a comic. (laughs) A movie about a comic. I haven't watched this movie since we watched it for this review, and I don't think I'm going to rush back to it anytime soon, but I remember this being a lot of fun to record, Mm -hmm. and And there's a lot of goofs in this episode. And chief goof among them is our own clown prince of comedy, Mm. Mr. Tom Walker. Yes, we love Tom Walker, so you guys are going to very much enjoy this. And you know what? We love you guys as well. Mm-hmm. We don't say that enough, perhaps. We don't. We but love we do you guys. love you. We've been getting a lot of wonderful messages um, over the break from listeners saying that they've been going back into the archives and listening mm-hmm. to some old ones or hanging out for new ones. And we want to give a big shout out to all of you and say we love you. We appreciate you for listening to us through all this time. And also, we'd like to give a big shout out to uh, Rosie and Bam. We got a wonderful message from Bam on behalf of both of them. Um, Beautiful message from Bam. So thank you to you guys. Big love and kisses to you both. Love and kisses to Rosie and Bam and um, maybe four-way kiss. We all four of us get together. We do a four-way kiss. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's running rampant out there these days. Let's catch it. Let's catch it. That's exciting. That is an exciting aspect of this four-way kiss. The four-way kiss is the last taboo. Mm-hmm. And it has been sanitized for too long. It's been made safe for too long. <laughs> so, so looking forward to that. 
And I hope you guys enjoy us on this Geraldo Rivera-style <laughs> cracking open of the vault for a classic yeah, app. Enjoy this classic app. We're going to be at you guys very soon with some new episodes. We have just started concocting one of the most effed up miniseries ideas mm. that two psychos could ever come up with. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not going to give too much away, but you're going mm-hmm. to have your head twisted and screwed with big time. to think this was a film review podcast and then i realized it was a freaking comedy podcast oh damn dude (laughs) that was awesome there's no two ways about it that was awesome yeah well i mean uh, it was to elicit the response of laughter and i'm so proud that it elicited sincere laughter not my friends laughing at me in a room (laughs) and laughing with me as i delivered that and i was so proud of that moment to be with my friends that i feel safe around oh excellent excellent well this is a podcast and i'm proud to Well, this is Total Reboot, the only podcast on the internet about movies, film, etc. And it's called Total Reboot because we look at reboots, remakes, and rip-offs and compare and contrast them with their original movies. My name is Alexi Toliopoulos, and with me, as always, is my dear friend Cameron James. Hello, it is great to be here on the only podcast on the internet about movies. Especially as part of this goddamn Why So mini serious mini series that we have going on. Yes. Which is all about my favorite comedian. No, it's not Deadpool. It's the Joker, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Finally, there's a comedian that's a little edgier than Deadpool that we can really sink our teeth into. <laughs> hey, we're joined by one of our favorite comedians. I'd like you to introduce him. Okay. One, two, now. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> this guy's well known as a clown, not unlike. Uh, the protagonist of this film, Mr. Jokes. Uh, this guy <laughs> is Tom Walker. Hello. Yeah, it's true. I'm the guy who got, I went to the therapist. I said, I'm feeling depressed. They say, well, great cure for you. I hear famous clown Tom Walker is in town. I say, oh, you don't understand. I am Tom Walker. <laughs> I, I am Tom Walker. I am Tom Walker. I am Tom Walker. And that was your first laugh. And that's yeah. when you knew you were going to be a comedian. You knew you were funny when your therapist told you you're a comedian by accident. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> boys, boys, I just want to come out here and say, yeah. welcome to the Sands Pants Network. Oh, wow. wow. The Sands Pants Thank Radio Network you. has opened its arms yeah. and you guys have stepped into that bosom mm-hmm. with a kind of tit hunger that does not <laughs> surprise me from these horny horny boys yeah we were grinning we were really excited to hop on that tit guys <laughs> it's just a joy to be back here in yeah. alexi's room yeah and i just want to make sure that the audience know that before alexi swung into that 
wonderful joke at the start. Which was, there was very funny. It was so funny. Thanks, and there guys. Were also, really, I love your support. It's great to have a wonderful support network around of you. complete silence <laughs> as he stared at the wall and summoned the voice. <laughs> I'm really proud of my Joaquin impression. Is it just me or is it getting crazier in here? That was really good too. Wow. Thank you. Damn. And no one's laughing with you. But with me, everyone was a really chucking it up there. They were going crazy. They were chuckling. There was a couple of chuckles. Oh, yeah, in I the room. Chuckle. I yeah, did you chuckle. Yeah, you laughed. You, and no one laughed at yours. So just want to say, well, I was who's funnier, me Tom's. or Tom, you know? Yours was technically funnier, yes. Technically, But Tom's funny. was technically more, uh, I don't know, emotional. I kind of came along with you on the journey, Tom. Oh, thank you. And it's that kind of, I don't know, um, uh, how do you say, a performance oh, uh, that mm. really wraps you up in something. Even if it is a steaming pile of dog shit. Oh, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, together we make a joke around ourselves i'd say i'm mm-hmm. funny and you cr- elicit emotion that's <laughs> <laughs> true thanks for welcoming us to sans pants Tom. yeah it's uh, great to be it's here. an honor to join you guys on this wonderful journey of all course. the new listeners thank you for coming aboard uh, and being part of our army yeah. against planet <laughs> broadcasting <laughs> it's time to start a comedy uh, yeah. podcast network beef yeah yeah we've taken down beta pods because you two turncoats <laughs> <laughs> destroyed it from the inside we destroyed it from the inside okay? i started it to destroy it yeah, yeah we're gonna take down abc next yeah, yeah. So... sometimes you feel like destroying something beautiful like the Famously overfunded podcast podcasting arm of the ABC. Hey, some men just want to watch a podcast network burn, mm. and that's us. And that's a Joker quote. Yeah. yeah, and it's really funny. It's one of the funniest. It's technically Joker one of the funniest Joker quotes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite Joker quote is, of course, "I'm like a dog chasing a car, crazy." <laughs> Absolutely batshit crazy. It's, I'm like it's a lunacy. Dog chasing a car, aren't I? I mean, I'm freaking bonkers. <laughs> I'm like a dog chasing a car. <laughs> What's a dog gonna do when he catches a car? Isn't That's it crazy? Gervais's joke. Is he gonna yeah. jump in and drive the car? Which is more crazy? <laughs> it's crazy than a dog chasing it. If he gets in and drives it, it's crazy. <laughs> Hello! Started as Ricky Gervais, ended up as Con the Fruiter's wife. It was beautiful either way. Oh, thank you so much. I'm one of the best impressionists around. Yeah. yeah. Hey, guess what, Tom? Whoa. We're talking about the damn Joker today. The yes. freaking Jokeman himself? Yes, the Joker. Have you you've seen Joker? I have you? seen Joker. This is uh the final episode in our Joker mini series. We've gone from the start. We talked about 1960s Batman the live-action movie starring Cesar Romero as the Joker. We talked about Tim Burton, Jack Nicholson, mm. who's one of the funniest Joker lines is in that. Never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> Don't know why he says it. It's kind of out of context, but it's funny shit. And yeah. then the third one, we got Mr. Heath Legend, one of the great Australians. No bit. Show respect. <laughs> <laughs> Show respect to Heath, okay? <laughs> I don't... I don't think it's. I think it's a bit rude that you laughed, uh, but I show him a lot of respect. We normally, Tom, we normally have a minute silence whenever yeah. um, we and talk. And do you about edit that minute time. silence out? No, yeah. no, 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 no. We extend it <laughs> <laughs> just so everyone can't skip through it. Uh, yeah. So it's a minute if you skip through or not. You have to. You have to listen to it. I hear that yeah. people really tune into Total Reboot now just for the room tone. Yeah, <laughs> just for a bit of P and Q. Absolutely. <laughs> so Piss then- and Quim. 
That's why you're here, baby. Uh, who's after Heath Ledger? Uh, Mr. Course. Jared Letter. Let's have another minute silence. Another minute Letter. silence. Well, he, you yeah. know, he's upset. Yeah. And then we had this one. Joaquin Phoenix. Lucker. So that's where we're up to. Yes. We're all caught up. Yeah, that's also where the culture is up to. As far as we know, this could be the last Joker. Oh, I really hope not. I've got a spec script I've been working (laughs) on. It's the same as this movie, but set in Australia. Whoa. (laughs) And he's called The Larrikin. That's good. It's really exciting. It's a lot of local references. Yeah, great. So it's the same as this, but it's like David Schmidt doing the bit instead of Gary Goldman. (laughs) Exactly. He's on the footy show. <laughs> they, the footy show gets footage sent from Mugger Kettle Open Mic. And Fatty and Sterlo just like, look at this fucking idiot. Look at this bloody galah. This guy's a larrikin. Yeah. I don't think so, pal. You're a larrikin. That's really, that's kind of basically it. Paul Hogan plays Batman in yeah. my version. That's great, man. <laughs> he goes up to an old man instead of a little boy. Oh, man. This movie. <laughs> okay, yeah, what do we want to talk about? We gotta dive. We gotta dive. There's so much. There's so much. There's so much to talk about, uh film technique, for example, so we will talk about it from now. <laughs> <laughs> My mother always tells me to smile and put on a happy face. She told me I had a purpose. To bring laughter and joy to the world. Is it just me? Or is it getting crazier out there? Joker, 2019, directed by the maestro behind Due Date, Todd Phillips. Put on a happy face. During the 1980s, apparently, a failed stand-up comedian is driven insane and turns to a life of crime and chaos in Gotham City while becoming an infamous psychopathic crime figure. But hey, enough about us. Let's talk about this damn movie. I would say... It's a strange synopsis because I don't think he's a failed stand-up comedian. He's just done his honorary first bomb, baby. Yeah, yeah that's you true. Know? That's a big part, a big milestone. Yeah. I think when you bomb for the first time is when you can actually call yourself a failed comedian. So you can either be a failed or successful. You can finally call yourself a comedian. Either mm. way, you are a comedian. Yeah. I think it's exciting. I want to see what his next set's like because he's lived a life now. You know, yeah. by the end of the movie, he'll have some interesting shit to talk about on stage. He's got enough for a whole festival show, probably at the end. Definitely, oh, I love that. I can't <laughs> wait to see the third act reveal in the Joker's show. <laughs> Were you guys bummed out when you first heard the premise that he was going to be a stand-up comedian? I, I almost feel like I'm glad that they're getting it out of the way. Mm. Because oh, yeah. now that stand-up Joker has finally been done, we can get on to Mime Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Mime Joker, Podcast Joker, just the funniest guy in the office Joker. Oh, you know, yeah. there's so many different ways to take you know what the next Joker is gonna be? Yeah. It's gonna be a guy who quotes the office every day. Oh damn. The That's guy the who's just show. always awesome. in the gi- in the replies to a Donald Trump to with a reply gif at the ready. Yes. Yeah. Oh. It's too scared to do stand-up Joker. Yes. <laughs> well, that's kind of this Joker. Yeah, well, in many ways. I honestly, a, a, this as a stand-up movie would have to be in the upper echelon of stand-up movies because it is so much more accurate than like punchline or anything like that, where they've got like locker rooms backstage. This is like the <laughs> realest stand-up movie, I would say, but not about like 
any stand-up that you would ever watch. This is like the true guys that we see once or twice in our lifetime where mm. they're just a guy that has done like two or three open mics, severely unfunny, not understand what <laughs> comedy is, yeah. laugh at the wrong places, listening to other people's jokes. And it's like, this is a real person. Like this yeah. is the, the stand-up movie that's most about a real person ever. Oh, so true. So true. Did you, do you guys want to, all right, we should dive in and say initial, initial thoughts because then we're going to unpack from there. So let's go around the horn. Alexi, please take it away. Cameron, all I have is negative thoughts. Oh, you just use the movie's dialogue against itself. Yeah. If I was a print critic, that's what I would put front and center. Mm. But actually, I didn't. I didn't hate this movie or anything. I mm. think that uh, I, I've seen a lot of talk online about people really genuinely connecting with this movie and really, really liking it. a lot of people. I respect liking it. But you know, like I, I understand that this is a movie that's connected with people uh, on deeper levels and it connected with me. Mm. I just think my initial reaction was negative like i just i did not like a lot about this movie there was a lot about i loved they will talk about joaquin phoenix's performance and stuff yeah batman's in it batman's in it (laughs) finally it's so good when a movie finally has wayne manor in it again so good to see that hot young alfred (laughs) all that excites me we've never really seen hot alfred Mm. so that's exciting well it depends what your type is (laughs) that's true tom what about your initial thoughts i my initial thought is this is the the best movie you can make while also having a scene where uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne get shot in an alley. That's oh. my like. I I mm. greatly enjoyed this movie. I will never watch it again. Mm. It yeah. goes into this pile of like of movies that I'll never watch again. It wasn't like I don't I don't know. It was it was almost great just because it was a superhero ish movie. Yeah. Mm. It was it was it's an opening of a door. To a, to a world where DC movies and Marvel movies maybe don't have to have 30 minutes of the same laser mm. fight in a city. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. maybe directors can make, I don't know, basically cover songs. Yes. Mm. Uh, which is not great, but it's better than what we've been living on yeah. for a while. I think I'm with you there. And I, I, um, I sat next to Alexi during this film. And Lucky. I think Lucky Duck, me... Yeah. Obviously, best seat in the house. Yeah, Alexi tried best to leave one house. seat in between you. And you were like, no, no, my friend. Excuse me. Please, that courtesy seat has vanished. I sat down next to him. I cut a hole in the bottom of my popcorn box. Oh, boy. And, uh, Cameron likes to put his bob- popcorn box above his head and, and let suck it, them from the bottom. Let it fall <laughs> yeah. like I'm a yeah. llama at the zoo being yeah. fed. Yeah, that's my style. And if anyone makes fun of me for that, I mean, honestly, fuck you. <laughs> I didn't make fun of you, Cameron. I was just saying that's what you do. Well, I think it's lovely. You said it with a twinkle in your eye. Yeah, because I was happy thinking about a memory of a friend. Okay. <laughs> I love to so, cut a hole in the bottom of my big soda. Oh, that's <laughs> And then get a big wet lap and go, oh, I've had an accident. So I think I was like, I was with Alexi for most of this mm. movie where I was kind of laughing at the cheesier parts yep. and rolling my eyes at the more obvious taxi driver, mm. um, king of comedy references. But yeah. Like to a week or so out from watching it, I think my opinions changed. I think I've gone from thinking it was kind of cheesy to understanding <clears throat> that it's a movie not made for me. Mm. It's made for a, a demographic graphic of people who will probably never watch Taxi Driver or King yes. of Comedy, and this is going to be their version of that. I think, which I think is kind of cool. I think you're mm. so right. Like I think that what Todd Phillips has done 
uh, on the most base level is very clever where he realized that like he's there's been a lot about him in the last few weeks talking about how he's left comedy because of work culture and then mm. there's been a backlash against that but on the base level what he's done was he made that movie War Dogs which is very Scorsese inspired wouldn't you say you've seen mm. it Cameron yeah, yeah yeah very Scorsese inspired and it failed didn't do it didn't do well critically didn't do well in uh, box office wise either and he realized that he can't really make a movie like that again so what he did was just go what can you get made anyone can just make a superhero movie now I've got enough clout to do whatever one I really want basically mm. and then uh, use that to tell to basically uh, you let out the themes and styles of the director that he really likes Martin Scorsese and basically told a remake of the king of comedy with the tone of taxi driver which is like what like if uh, the way that I see this movie is that <laughs> and I think that's impressive and he's created like the most distinct superhero movie probably since the Dark Knight yeah, uh, since yeah. Nolan's trilogy which I appreciate <laughs> that but uh, this movie feels like my bedroom wall as a teenager directed a film based on the posters hundred percent <laughs> with yes. the maturity of what I would have had at the time yes. making that film yeah. just going like oh it's sick and I think you two as creatives can relate to this idea of like you know when you're a young person who's got a creative desire and a creative need and a, a song to sing in your heart <laughs> you, <laughs> what you do is your earliest memories of creating things like maybe writing books drawing pictures or whatever you just reinterpreting the things that you like whether yeah. you're like Doctor Who or something and you write a little Doctor Who story for or me it was draw. Doctor Doolittle <laughs> yeah. well I can't wait to see what you've done with it Cam you got Daddy <laughs> Junior on board it looks exciting it's so cool it's really cool because as a kid I was always like fuck I hope what if Iron Man was Doctor Doolittle that would be cool as shit <laughs> that would be so real cool <laughs> but you know that's what your earliest memories would yeah, you yeah, say yeah you're kind of creativity. aping the things that you find cool or interesting or inspiring you're and, doing pretty much exactly them which is sort of what this that's is. That's what I think this movie yeah, is. Yeah. And while I find that uh, a lot of people connected to it on a deeper level uh, and seeing talk online from people like, you know, the brigades giving it like 10 stars on IMDb and really going after like critics that, that have had a negative a negative review of it, like brigading it and going like, oh, the, this got the fucking golden lion at the Venice Film Festival. Mm. You didn't know what that was three weeks ago. Mm. You never heard of the golden lion. So why does it matter? Now it matters to you now that it's won it. You never seen another movie that won the golden lion. Yeah. So why do you give a shit now? I why don't is even it know what it now? is. It, it's yeah. Neither do I. It's a gold <laughs> statue. Oh man, you know, so it's, and then I like, I think that this is probably a more subversive movie than some, that a blockbuster audience has ever seen. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. And it plays to them in that regard, you know? Which I think is a cool achievement. Me too. Yeah. I think that's good. I think it's cool. This movie is a movie called Joker, but it's not about a Joker. It's about a man called Arthur. What? What the heck? That's my first question. Is this guy have a middle name he's hiding from us? Yeah, is his middle name starting with J? Arthur Joker Fleck? <laughs> what did you guys think of Joaquin? Boy, this guy sure is acting. <laughs> yeah, he's doing good. It's so he's... weird hearing about the production of it, how, you know, a big part of the publicity has been Joaquin and Todd Phillips saying, like, mm. yeah, we just kind of like freeform mm. changed it as we went and we just kind of fucked around with the script. And how, like two months into production, they decided that they were playing Arthur wrong. So they just fucking changed it, yeah. changed his wardrobe and his hair and shit. Is that. 
the sign of genius or the sign of people not knowing what the fuck they're doing? I I think it's I don't know. I just I'm sorry, but okay, here's here's my thing. Every time I try and form a sentence on this, I'm struck by how enervating I find it to have an opinion on the film Joker. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is fundamentally a movie about a cartoon clown from a comic book. Yeah. And yep, I yep, just yep. I'm I know it's 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 somehow we've all come together and said this is the thing we all have to care about this mm. week. Mm. And it's just hard. I really enjoyed <laughs> watching the movie. Mm. I thought it was beautiful to look at. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix is a wonderful performer. I loved watching him. I found it genuinely funny in parts. It is You're twisted fuck. I'm fucking crazy. And the bits <laughs> I found funny the freaking violence. I knew it. <laughs> that reminds me, I, very specifically, I went to see like a retro studio of Taxi Driver like three or four years ago. Yeah. And I sat next to this guy that was fucking Travis Bickle. He was the Joker. <laughs> he was Taxi Driver. And like, that's not, it's not an action movie or anything, that film, but there are moments of like extreme violence where people get killed and stuff. And there's like a scene where Travis like just guns down this guy. And the guy sitting next to me was like, oh, fuck yeah. Fucking hell, that's awesome. And I was like, <laughs> Get oh my out, god, man! Yeah. And that's what this movie is as well. I'd say, but and that's what you were doing during that movie. Yeah, every yeah, time I was going... he shot someone, you were going yes. Yeah, every time he told a joke on stage, I was like, yes, that's me. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I think you could raise a good point though. That I think that this is this is capital A acting. Like this, mm. I love seeing a performance like this where it's like a fucking big hammy performance in like yeah. a very serious movie where you're just seeing an actor like absolutely go nuts. And really swing it. Mm. I don't think I don't think this is an under, understated performance at all. There's oh, no subtlety, no what? nuance to it. No, he dances at the end of every scene. I love that. Look, I, I think that. I think it's he like is Ellen. great. Yeah, it's exactly like Ellen. It's, like <laughs> it's Ellen. the cinema equivalent of Ellen. That's why I love it. I love Ellen. Oh, There's our recut Ellen. trailer. <laughs> Joker dancing down Ellen. the steps. Yeah, <laughs> it's um. I, I love it. I, I love him as mm. a performer. So I can't really fault him. I, yeah. I know how hammy and how big it is, and that's a choice. And I respect his choices. Yeah. But um. Well, how I else think, can you play the Joker? We've looked at it. I know, like, that's so many the thing. It's a of comic it. book character. You have to. I think my one problem, and it's not mm. even a Joaquin Phoenix problem, it's an editing problem, is that it's very repetitive emotionally yeah. the whole time. Like, you know, the movie starts with him crying while he's pulling a Yeah. It's like this guy only has negative thoughts. (laughs) And then there's the fake laughing and there's like long scenes of him laughing Mm. until he chokes. And they're all like good good bits of acting, but it's just the same thing again and again and again. We never get to see uh, like a real arc until kind of the last half hour. Then he starts changing as a person. I really enjoyed the kind of... I don't know if enjoyed is the right thing, but I did... I respected and did enjoy the like the grinding depression mm. and awfulness and bleakness of the film. Mm. I think I I'm willing to say that I I did enjoy that. I was like, not enough quips. Where's the shawarma scene? Let's get the gang together. <laughs> Let's get Joss Whedon in here. Do a little punch up. Do a little oh, if only he was as this. funny as our favorite comedian Thor. Oh, Thor's hilarious. <laughs> Thor is so, so funny. funny. Isn't it weird that Thor's funnier than the comedian? <laughs> From Watchmen? I, I've never also, watched he's that. he's not funny. Watchmen, the comedian in Watchmen is one of the least funny characters in that movie. I one of them has his dong out the whole time. Funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's funny. 
<laughs> and it's blue. Come on. Oh, talking about it's, blue balls. It's what did I get a load off? I mean, this guy is working blue. But I, yeah, I think that I like this interpretation of the character, the Joker. I mm. think that it's. I, I think that uh, making the laugh part of like his being, because we see the Joker in all these other iterations being delighted by the violence and be, having the upper hand of a Batman or whatever. You have like you think of the Romero one where everyone's fighting, everyone's like punching on. And he's watching the chaos unfold of like the shittest fight scene mm. ever filmed, <laughs> and he's just cackling it up and loving it. He's and like you know you think about uh uh Heath Ledger's Joker getting beat up and he's enjoying it yeah. Maybe a little too much yeah we're we're convinced that he comes in that scene <laughs> when oh, he's getting beat up in the cool. interrogation room 100% convinced of it and you I like the interpretation of that very base level what the Joker is as someone that laughs at um chaos or, or anarchy or whatever the fuck at society whatever you want to say the Joker <laughs>, laughs at mm, and then interpreting that as like this is a uh, part of like a mental illness yeah, that he has Tourette's. Yeah, a fictionalized Tourette's or something mm. where he has to give away, give out a little card saying like, this is my problem. I have this. I don't think this is funny, but I can't stop this painful laughter. And seeing that laughter uh, turn into something that's genuinely painful for him and it looks painful for Joaquin doing it. Mm. I think that's an imp- uh, that's a, a, a fun take of the character. But, yeah. you know, I think that's an interesting interpretation of what this character is. Mm. I think this performance is very good, but I would liken this to something of like a great performance in a movie that I find shallow and uninteresting that is um, like a pale imitation of things that have come before it. Like something like Christian Bale's performance in The Machine. That's exactly what I was going to say to you. Yes. I was going to go, yeah, very impressive and have never watched it again. Yes. Like, the Machinist, like that's a fucking amazing performance by Christian Bale. It's what he did just before Batman, where he like is like this little string Venus, like this like the, <laughs> like a man with nothing on his bones. Mm. He's just skin on bones, and he's like does this really weird performance. And it's in this movie that's like Memento. Mm. I've seen Memento. I've seen whatever else that movie reminded me of back then, but I don't even remember it because I just remember his performance. Mm. And I feel like this is if it wasn't in this exciting uh, like genre genre-breaking uh, movie that's the Joker that everyone's going to see because we all see fucking comic book movies all the time. We all find the Joker interesting. We all love the Joker. He's cool. He's sexy. He's funny. He's got beautiful <laughs> clothes and green hair. I love Joker. I will see Joker no matter what. I'll see every Joker. <laughs> love Joker, Joker. <laughs> this has evolved into yeah. the weirdest fucking love letter. That went you know. into a trance state. You started saying your mantra. <laughs> I love Joker. I will see every Joker. Beautiful clothes, beautiful green hair. Beautiful clothes. He is so funny and he laughs because he is funny and because the world is funny to someone so twisted and dark, but also green and bright. I would say that if it wasn't in a movie like this, no one would give a shit about it. Like the way in the machinist. In fact, like t- I was telling Tom just before you arrived, Cameron, that there was a movie two years ago directed by Lynn Ramsey called You Were Never Really Here. It stars Joaquin Phoenix as a returning veteran who has like PTSD and mental illness who lived with his also mentally unwell mother. And the whole movie is like a taxi driver riff. It's a film that uses mm. taxi driver as a first draft. And then it basically what it does... Uh, from then is he become he's shown as like a vigilante that goes and uh, rescues uh, young girls that have been taken into the sex trade against their will and it's like kind of like a Jeffrey Epstein type thing 
And if she just called that movie The Punisher, she'd be <laughs> a fucking billionaire. <laughs> and everyone would be talking about this movie because it's a genuine, like, fucking great movie, near masterpiece, I would say, genuinely <laughs> so. And it is the same thing where it's like a modern interpretation of Scorsese, modern interpretation <laughs> of Taxi Driver. I think it's written by Jonathan Ames from Bored to oh, Death, yeah. the writer. And it's really good. And then it's... I watched this two years later and it's like, this is a fucking rehash. Mm. It's the same actor doing like a, in a similar themed movie. And it just makes me disappointed that this fucking great art house movie that mm. any cunny that loves this movie just saw and said that like, oh, that's sick. That's the green arrow saving these little kids. You'd be like, oh, fucking oath. That's sick. But no one will go see it. Well, maybe the lesson here for any aspiring filmmakers is... Don't do your own IP. Yeah. Buy the rights to some characters from yeah. some comic books. Grab two dartboards. One uh, just covered in <laughs> IMDb's top 100 mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. The other, hey, congratulations. That's full of comic book characters. The Riddler is now the Godfather Part 2. Yeah. <laughs> he runs his family <laughs> of enemies. Boy, you've just described Lexi as the uh, reason that this podcast exists. Yeah. It's because we're now living in a time where it's very difficult for anyone to get an original yeah. film made mm. unless it's a reboot, remake, or rip-off. Yeah. And mainly the first two mainly out of those three. Two. As we see, we just said a movie that was rip-off and it didn't do nothing. Yeah. So I think it's very interesting and yeah. clever of Todd Phillips. And he hasn't yes. even he hasn't even shied away from it. It's not yeah. like in, in the press that I've read, he hasn't even been saying like, oh, I've loved the Joker forever. I've always loved comic mm. books. Like that usual spiel that everyone oh, gives. everybody. He's just been like, yeah, I love Scorsese and I really wanted to make a movie just like those movies. Yeah. And, and then I just was like, fuck, this is the only way to do it. Is, this is the only <laughs> he way. Hasn't he's even so right. Yeah, he's yeah. so right. And like power to the fella. Like you did it, man. Like mm. you snuck it in. Like so much so that he originally, Scorsese was attached as a producer at one point mm. to this film. And he would, you know, he said he's got to do the Irishman or some shit and he couldn't do it. But then he got, uh, I believe he has Scorsese's production designer and Scorsese's producer as well. So he's got the Scorsese team working on this because, you know, they know how to make these movies. And also nobody's better at working in New York than those. I think if to give this film a compliment, I think that this movie's interpretation of New- of Gotham as 1980s taxi driver, grime, grimy, gritty New York City porno theater times square is gorgeous mm. I, aesthetically this is one of the best looking movies of the year yeah uh, i love that fucking neon glow that you see that really harsh blue nightlight coming on everything's i think this movie has su- stunning lighting and i think it is just it, the way that it's captured gotham and reinterpreted as a, a whole new gotham that we haven't seen before uh, but something that we have seen before and acts as familiar to us is a really good way of letting us into what this movie is. Yeah. Which hey. is a Taxi Driver ripoff. Speaking of Taxi Driver and King of Comedy, mm. we haven't even spoken about oh, yeah. the biggest shared piece of DNA here, which is, of course, Bobby De Niro's. Oh, Mr. De Niro, we have immense respect for you and your career. We look up to you. We admire you. You're a true icon of cinema. You have a beautiful mole. And yes. a beautiful squint. <laughs> and the way that you turn your lip down into a grimace is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want... He's one of the great Italo-American actors. Yeah, he is. He really is. <laughs> and that's We love him. I think Robert De Niro... I used to keep a photo of Robert De Niro in my wallet when I was a kid before I had a camera phone. What? I used to just have a... <laughs> 
<laughs> I, had a, I had a printed out photo, one side De Niro, one side Pacino that I kept in my wallet. What? That I would just look at when I wanted to, because I didn't have another way of looking at them. Because you couldn't afford movies, so you just moved the photo back and forth. I'm like, this is just Imagine like being in cinema. Damn. Like, I flip it around. They, they Imagine if you're watching a, Heat. When I'm yeah, at a you cafe or a De Niro <laughs> towards you. Why did you have photos? Because I loved them. They were like keeping a saint on you, you know? Oh my God. It was like, you know, having a little picture of a saint to protect me. Yeah, but Tom, to be fair, you did the same thing with Jim Carrey and then on the other side, I guess, Mike Myers? I yeah. don't know. Oh, huge fan. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There was yeah. nothing I loved better uh, when I was a child than being the loneliest boy on earth. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just for me, you know? I would burn them in my hand like a saint taking, like a <laughs> ma- ma- mobster <laughs> yeah. taking on Manta. Oh, but you God. know, that's like my po- my bedroom had posters of Taxi Driver. I legitimately had a Scarface poster in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, as I've said before, I've never seen Scarface, but I've studied the poster. <laughs> I know every inch of that poster. But he is like my number one guy ever, basically. Yeah, Scarface. Scarface. Yeah. No, yeah. Mr. Robert De Niro. Yeah, Bobby you love D. Him. I love Bobby D. He's one of my idols, one of my heroes. Um, you know, he's a father figure to me, basically. You modeled your whole life on the guy. I genuinely did model my whole life on the guy. Yeah. I once drew a little mole. I've got a mole <laughs> underneath my eye, too. It's very subtle, but I extenuated it once or twice to look more like Robert De Niro. Oh, my God. Just at home, not going out or anything. <laughs> <laughs> But I would say to make a to just I've showed my credentials now. Let me play my game. I I would say that casting Robert De Niro in this movie in this role of Murray Franklin, the talk show host, is so fucking shallow. There's so little thought put into it. The thought is, oh, he's in the two movies that inspired this. Let's get him to do it. To cast a cinema icon like Robert De Niro, it. All you're doing, you have to be aware of what you're saying. You're just like, if you cast someone like as big as Robert De Niro, a star like that, that's in so many iconic films, they bring a baggage to the film. And you and whatever you're doing by casting a star like that, you're either saying something with bringing them in and typecasting them in some way mm. or bringing them in to subvert how you know them. Mm. And to have him in this as the fucking talk show host, a man who's famously one of the least funny cunnies on the planet. He sucks in comedies. He's not funny. And he sucks. <laughs> and to see him on SNL or to see him as a talk, on a, as a talk show guest, yeah. the least funny guy you could book. He's awkward. You know, like there, there was. A, I watched an interview from Toronto International Film Festival about um, the Irishman this week, mm. and the 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 guy hosting the panel asked like this really interesting question about Robert De Niro, like what it's like to return working with your guy Martin Scorsese again after all these years. And it's like this really wonderful question about like his body of work, and De Niro just gave an uninterested shrug and moved on <laughs> because the guy is like the the least ca- like he's so charismatic as an actor, but as a guy he's one of the least charismatic people of all time. Like, he shrugs away and just, like, you know, does nothing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it's like, but, you know. I don't know. I miss with my friends. That's all I know. <laughs> and that's, and there's to buy him as, like, this nasty comedian that hosts this show or a guy who's a charisma comedian. Like, you know, Johnny Carson. Like, mm. maybe not the not the funniest guy in the world, but he was so watchable. I'm sorry, I felt like Johnny Carson just leer at me from heaven or something <laughs> saying that. You know, like, you know. What do you mean I'm not funny? That's wild <laughs> stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> but he's a charisma guy. Right, like, next up, we got a guy who has to be introduced as Joker. <laughs> <laughs> but like to buy into, like I, it's a miscasting to me. Well, it I mean, there's no way it was ever going to be anyone other than him. Obviously, I reckon in the original draft, the character's name would have been Rupert Pupkin. Yeah, Rupert Pupkin. And to face, so it doesn't make sense to go, "Oh, Rupert Pupkin in 40 years becomes this guy." No, I think this mm. is a. A dumb movie that wants to be smart. And I think because of that, it kind of rejects that thing because the audience of this movie aren't looking to get a context for, I don't know, get the context of Robert De Niro's career. And I say that as someone who also doesn't have the context of Robert De Niro's career. I am famously a dumb piece of shit. Mm, I haven't seen Taxi Driver. That's why I brought you. We wanted the dumb opinion to be be aired on the podcast. (laughs) You wanted that gamer representation. (laughs) Because that's what like, and the discourse behind this movie has been so insufferable because it's been people suddenly trying to care about movies but not knowing how to like I saw the discourse on the way here uh, on the way to the movie that was like uh, everyone who had a blue tick who tweeted negatively about Mm. the movie had like hordes of people in their mentions just you know telling them they were wrong and that it it, and having that wrongness as part of their verified status, you know, mm. that they were part mm. of the media establishment yeah. who were wrong and who were scared. And someone like mentioned that the reason these people are so scared and it w- is because this movie genuinely ends with a gamer uprising. Oh my God. <laughs> and like, like the discourse behind this movie is of a nuclear bad standard mm. that we've never had never to weather before. before. Yeah. This is to me a, like I enjoyed this movie. Mm. I never want to think about it again. <laughs> but I do enjoy it, and I think it's a, 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 the most surface level possible movie. Mm. It's a guy who found a way to make a movie that he wanted to make by slapping a fucking decal on it. Yeah, yeah, and being very like, true. Uh, you know, uh, fine, fine. I'll put in a scene where the lady's <laughs> pearls get taken. Yeah. Like, oh, if I ever have to see Martha Wayne's pearls oh, fall me, onto man. a fucking sidewalk again, you I'll, know. It's actually be too the fifth soon. character of the Batman <laughs> franchise. Oh, those pearls? Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I, the decal is what I really like about this movie. I think this movie does fan service really well yeah. in a way that doesn't feel... Like you watch something like Rogue One where it's like, oh, we get to we show you fucking R2-D2 or we show you the, the guy who's like, I've been banned on 12 systems. Like I think it's just saying shit I've already seen before. I think this does it in a way where you're fully seeing it as an interpretation as something new or something mm. else, something fresher than you've seen it before and like you know for instance you see little Bruce Wayne slide down a pole and I mm. see that and I'm like that's a little delight thank I you I quite liked that thank too. you Todd yeah. Phillips that's a little delight for me I will live a little happier from seeing that for a few minutes <laughs> and like I like all that stuff I love the reinterpretation of the world of Gotham where you're seeing Thomas Wayne as you've always seen him as like this humanitarian, beautiful guy who inspires Bruce, but he's gunned down by crime, and now Bruce wants to go out as Batman and avenge crime. You're seeing him as a fucking asshole. Yeah. You're seeing him as a as a guy who's potentially very corrupt. You're seeing him as a guy that has rotten balls that's probably produced two <laughs> two lunatic children yeah. that fight crime and create crime in You're like seeing... the most bizarre manner. That's what I liked. I, that was my favorite thing. I turned to camera and go, I love that Bruce Wayne has rotten ball traits these <laughs> rotten kids that suck you also see Bruce Wayne a child who's I don't know is in the mm. normal universe the where a who grows into the world's greatest detective yeah. as the dumbest kid alive just <laughs> letting this guy who gave him flowers put his 
thumbs in his fucking yeah, mouth. Yeah, that made me feel great. Yeah, yeah, that get was those a thumbs cool out of your moment. mouth. I yeah. kept thinking. And I love Alfred as like, get away from him. Get Excuse away. me. I... Fuck off, mate. <laughs> no, Kindly me. fuck off or I'll glass you, yeah? You're chucking your little fingies in your little mouth. It was awesome. Mouth. It was Jason Statham as Alfred. Yeah. That's sick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a movie. Yeah. That's what we pitch. Wait a second, Mr. Wayne. Are you telling me? We have to go down the apples and pears to the bug cave <laughs> and fucking kill some jokers. You're fucking having a laugh. You're mate. the joker, mate. You're having a laugh. <laughs> and it's fucking Ray Winston as Batman. <laughs> just these two fucking English guys. Yeah. Guy Ritchie's Alfred. It's just called Pennyworth or something like that. Oh, or how much is a Pennyworth? Man. I think a couple of bullets, mate. Oh, <laughs> sick. Yeah. That's what we pitch in. We always want to make a fucking Rambo, Sylvester yes. Stallone movie, oh, so we mm. make it as Pennyworth. Pennyworth. Hey. On your uh, on your like decal point, which I mm-hmm. think was really cool, I actually like that Scorsese has done this exact thing before with the color of money. I hadn't really yeah. thought about it until mm. after the movie. Scorsese made a, a film in the eighties called The Color of Money, which was like a sequel to this. A sequel to the Hustler. the Hustler, which is a movie from the the fifties. Uh, I think it's very early sixties. Yeah, early like 1960s, 1960s. or something. Uh, which had uh, Paul Newman. Paul Newman in it as a pool hustler. And clearly, Scorsese is like, I want to make a movie like that, but Mm. with Tom Cruise. Yeah. And then he just went, no, I'll make it a sequel. Yeah. And I'll just put Paul Newman in it as like an old man. And that's Paul Newman finally won an Oscar. He won an Oscar for it. So it's like, it's not like this is out of the realm realm of like uh, Todd Phillips's, I don't know, inspirations. Mm. I think... I mean, we've, we can't really shit on him because he's not, no. it's not no. a badly made movie. But it it's is just... so funny to think of like this person being like, I want to do this incredible in-depth character mm. study of say, you know, anything just like, you know, I yeah. want to tell the story of a single mother and the yeah. wrenching hardship that you face in mm. that con- context and the, the, the way that society shits on its downtrodden mm. and, also, it has to be a Star Wars story. Yeah. <laughs> she has a droid, yeah. I guess. The droid's this is going to be happening yeah. so much now. Yeah. There'll be these new character studies, but it'll be like a Fast and Furious uh, yeah. spin-off oh or some yeah. shit. Yeah. I mean, that's the future that we're looking at of cinema. It's going to be small movies and then extremely big movies. Mm-hmm. And then that's the only way you can make a middle-tier movie. Like, you know, you can't... Mm. Like, when was the last time there was like a, an expensive character study film like this? Mate, I don't mm. even know. Like, is Phantom Thread expensive? Probably not that expensive. Not fifties to eighty million dollars. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably With a it's huge advertising. It's probably going to usher in a new age of uh, gods and monsters. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I feel like we almost did the wrong thing with this mini series, making it. This is a Joker reboot remake. Um, reinterpretation miniseries we should have done King of Comedy and the and Taxi Driver because that's mm. really what this movie is we've been saying it over and over mm. again but when we compare it to those movies like T- Scorsese has always been a master director who understands uh, who can shed this really delicate light of empathy onto these like uh, flawed characters in a way that feels earned to them and creates this like those films are very much POV films where they're from the perspective of those characters. But what that, what they do differently than this is that this is exclusively POV. There's not a fucking scene that's not from the Joker's perspective. And there's all this discourse about like how um, the Joker's an unreliable narrator. We just watched the funniest video from IGN <laughs> where it's like Joker ending explained. And the guy at the start's like, well, if you're anything like us, 
you got to the end of Joker and said, well, I didn't really know what happened. It's I like, was confused. <laughs> we was, were confused. Yeah. Oh, man. And it's like, what are you talking <laughs> what, about? What are you confused about? It's a linear movie. They're, and like this, those, the Taxi Driver and King of Comedy, they have like a couple of scenes that just show what reality is outside of that character's flawed perspective. Like there's a scene at Sybil Shepherd and Albert Brooks like in their office just chatting talking about like office life and how she had this shit date with this weirdo or whatever. And so you get a glimpse of what reality is. And then King of Comedy, you have scenes of just Jerry Lewis's character, Jerry Langford, just walking around and <clears throat> like experiencing New York from his perspective. So you get an idea of what the reality of those films are set in. Because you're in Joker, you only have scenes with the fucking Joker every second. You never get a glimpse at what reality is. So when you're like seeing him go on these dates with Sazi Beats, you're like, this can't be real. It's is clearly she, in his head. Is yeah. she interested in him? This can't be real. But you'll never get a glimpse of what the reality is around him because it's always from his perspective and then at the end of the movie you see like oh no it was fake yeah no shit like if mm-hmm. it, if this was real this would be crazy and then there's i've seen people talk about how like oh the like that video we watched with like the only real scene is the last second of the movie where he's like yeah, i thought of a funny joke you wouldn't get it and the rest of the movie was what the joke he imagined was if that's the movie and that's your interpretation that has to be the worst fucking movie <laughs> like that's to me like so hang you on what, that and you is, liked it that's this is the worst on the movie. ign video yeah, yeah. their theory is what that that the their movie theory... is a figment of the Arthur movie... Fleck's imagination. <laughs> the movie is the joke Arthur Fleck that imagines. he's thinking of. Yeah. The entire movie is a figment. Right. And it's... Like it's of a little boy holding a snow globe. I think and... it's yeah. just someone being like, this <laughs> is elsewhere. the smartest thought I can have is also the biggest thought I can have. Oh, you know? And so it's like, well, that's... if he's an unreliable narrator, perhaps the fact that he's narrating is unreliable. Oh. And it's like, or well, if you if you watch the whole movie and you go, wow, that last second was real, that sucks. And that's like yeah. the antithesis. It's like, like, what's the point of even making it? And yeah, then what are those Joker, names that imagined. come up at the end? Are they supposed to be? Is he names imagining he's those as well? Yeah. Is that like in Wizard of Oz when she's like, "You were there, you were there"? Is this a list of people that were there? And let's go even further, guys. Why are we watching this guy's imagination? <laughs> I mean, why do we usher into this room with yeah. a big rectangle, <laughs> only for it to be brought to life with gargantuan <laughs> men and women taller than you've ever seen? Some of them the joker some of them not how can this be we gaze at this rectangle and why why the ending it's so confused do we worship the rectangle do we do we fear the rectangle <laughs> whatever we do we must bow down to it and discuss the rectangle we must discuss the rectangle have to, have to talk i woke up i wake up every day and the first thing i say is have to talk have to talk about joker can't let another second go by without thinking about joker must discuss must discuss ending explain i have questions about this rectangle do they show other things on it or is it just oh. joker oh before the rectangle begins <laughs> there's all these little scenes but they aren't the joker and i'm confused Instead, that local businesses flash on the screen. It's telling me that there's a chemist nearby. And I know the, that. How the, does the rectangle know it? Is the it's Joker really imagining the, that Dude, too? if the Joker is talking about, well, we should all go to the lobby so he can get up to some fucked up shit in here while I'm getting snacks. 
honestly, dude, no one go to any of these businesses. They are endorsed by the Joker himself. <laughs> you have the same laughing uh, stigmatism <laughs> as Arthur Fleck, don't you? <laughs> I wish uh, instead of that hideous high-pitched mm. cackle, he did a Borat. I reckon that would have been better. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Just that every time he used a joke. That was his... <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> mm, I like it. Funny. Oh, man. Nat. And that's what he's a psycho. He says, Nat. Uh, Gary Goldman is not funny. <laughs> uh, that, did we talk about Gary Goldman being in the no, movie? No, probably the third lead. He's the third, He's third lead of the lead. movie. He's the third lead. You got Gary Goldman yucking it up. Sam yeah. Morrell as well. Sam we should, <laughs> can we trim that and put it up on YouTube as a clip of his actual set? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's crazy that actual stand-ups are in this movie doing, in, at least in Gary Goldman's mm. yeah. case. Modern stand-up. His stand-up, yeah. That yeah, their own stand-up. You were confronted I by it, at least. You stop were... laughing. I was looking around the cinema. No one else was laughing. Yeah, I was. Just you were bloody like let's, Joaquin let's, Phoenix laughing at the wrong part. Yeah, I was frustrated. I was like, Can I know this joke. This for people yeah. who wouldn't know who Gary Goldman is. Sure. So Gary Goldman is a. I guess he's like a veteran New York mm. comic, um, of like the modern era of like from the nineties onwards. Yeah, and he's so fucking. Like, he does these tips on Twitter. Yeah, follow him if you want. If you like comedy, you might get something out of it. I personally. Do not follow him, even though I quite like him. Cameron replies to every to every tip going, that didn't work for me. Mate. Tried it, bombed. <laughs> Tried it, dude, I suck. <laughs> Tried it, bombed, dude. Next tip, hurry. <laughs> hurry. Oh, I'm on my way. Dude, can I have tip? tomorrow's tip now? Because that one did not work and I've got three other gigs. <laughs> I'm on my way to another gig, freaking dude, out. Dude, I've tried each one of these tips in a podcast and they suck. <laughs> he does, he's like a, a comedian's comedian. He's so well known for his like... Um, word choice, mm. his pacing. He's like a very deliberate, meticulous, ge- meticulous Seinfeld esque comedian. And then he's just in this movie at the comedy club as presumably Gary Goldman, mm. as himself, doing a bit from his special from two years ago. Mm. Just just in seventies clothes. That's yeah. the only the only aesthetic difference is he's wearing a waistcoat. And other than that, it's just Gary Goldman. He's like, so I'm, I'm playing role play with my girlfriend. It's like fucking yeah. bizarre. Well, what would you prefer st- is like, oh, well, <laughs> E.T. is coming out soon and that guy looks fucking weird. Yes, I would That's prefer that. That's like, to want. be fair, it should have been a, a, a guy crushing, like a, uh, a kind of a, a hack comedian yeah. crushing, yeah. like Chappelle True. in Nutty Professor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Or Randy or something yeah, like that. Yeah, or Randy or something. But if, it was like, imagine if you go on doing scene. his very deliberate, very paced act out. <laughs> yeah. You see, like, Joaquin Phoenix writing down notes from jokes and looking up. It's like, Randy, Randy. It was just bizarre. I couldn't wrap my head around And then Sam Morrill is in it later on at the same club doing, again, a bit of his from like three or four years ago. And it's just. I mean, I don't know who that's for, but I got distracted. I was yeah. just like, what is going like, on? God, I got to get up there. The stand yeah, should be there? so much. Yeah, did they have to cancel any of the scenes because Joaquin was laughing at Gary? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you reckon Gary, you know, he was did Joaquin funny. punch up the jokes or anything? Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like that, like I said, it's an accurate comedy movie because you see like a guy that you see everywhere at an open mic. Mm. But also, um, 
this movie had to have been like based on a more current script or something because mm. the, the whole action of the movie hinges on this guy bombing an open mic, then the open mic sending the tape into the TV show. Yeah, that And then they make fun of it and Robert De Niro's like, I hate to be that guy. And it's like, <laughs> what? What in 1980, what is this comedy where it's like the biggest show on TV, The Tonight Show, airs a guy bombing at an open mic. Surely yeah. they must, like, someone must have just taken <laughs> the director aside and been like, you know when, like... Bruce Wayne to be a child, this would have to be in the 1980s, right? Yeah, he was yeah. like, ugh, God just find it. and replace. Yeah, yeah, but I just already put a thing in where the Joker goes viral. God, Joker, on TikTok. Joker God goes it. on Tosh.0. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Demiro hosting Tosh.0. <laughs> Joker's on Tosh.0. Oh. They make fun of his fucking shit stand up on Tosh.0. Oh, and then he shoots Tosh in the head. It's like, that's what the movie is. It's like, what is that? Oh, yeah, that was really annoying. Also, so I kept being distracted and thinking, when did VHS come in? And mm. when was it like commonplace to have a video camera oh. set up at places? And I yeah, don't think the timeline even makes sense. To get the tapes I couldn't stop sense. thinking about it. I was trying to remember in Boogie Nights what year that is when they get video and well, stuff. I can imagine they would have videotape at the TV show sure. to like record shows and play clips and stuff or yeah. something. But then what? They have like a fucking like TV camcorder? ready camcorder, <laughs> yeah. like filming the sets like a fucking regular. That open bothered mic. me. But then it's also like, what is the what's the other way they could have gotten mm. Joker onto that fucking show? Unless yeah. he literally does a King of Comedy and storms the studio. And they're like this with is a too gun much. and demands to be on. Yeah. yeah, which is exactly King of Comedy. So yeah. having him get invited on must have just been a solution, just a way to do That's it. That's a way to do it. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Todd doesn't make sense. <laughs> but it is funny to think about that. It like, is Just funny. imagine mm. you bobbing at an open mic gets sent to the biggest TV oh show. God. Sent to freaking... For Rove to tell yeah. you about. Oh, but I, 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 well, I mean, we should be tying things up soon, but I want to talk as well. I think that truly one of the edgiest things in this movie that is like truly fucking bizarre and edgy that I don't know, I was impressed by it, was this movie has two forms of music. It has found and sourced music, uh, diegetic music that's played within the realm of the film and then uh, like the characters can hear it or whatever. That's Often it's found sourced music and it also has like this score, this cello score that I could not stand. It was like this very oppressive droning cello that added to the one note nature of the <coughs> film. Mm. You look at Taxi Driver, you look at King of Comedy, both of those have like jazzy kind of scores uh, King of Comedy has like a I think it's uncredited Robbie Robertson from the band oh, Scorsese's mm. former roommate he did uh, uh, like Last a, Waltz Last Waltz did the score mm. for that uh, and then it's got you know similar to use of music uh, diegetically of what this has in source music where it's jazz mm. standards or like fun period music and then Taxi Driver has like one of Bernard Herman's Alfred Hitchcock Citizen Kane like he's the, the composer of some of the best movies of all time doing this kind of like very melodically jazzy score it's used as a theme song to Between Two Ferns like the mm. TV sh- the web series um, it's like a digitized version of that but it's like very jazzy melodic score where is in juxtaposition of what you're seeing on the screen and it kind of it, it, I think it elevates it and it makes it uh, it shows like a the juxtaposition of what Travis is and it's kind of like reflexive on him of what was what the way society sees this person it's like melancholic but not oppressively so whereas this is just like this is just 
the sound looks exact like sound sounds like what the movie looks <laughs> yeah, like without yeah, yeah. any interest into that and i found it just like oppressive and not uh saying anything to it but there's one moment in the film i like the source music i like the diegetic movie but there's one moment in the film where the joker has killed uh, a co-worker of his and immediately follows this very dark scene where he kills a co-worker and then there's a little person in there that joker because he's been nice to him joaquin phoenix lets him leave but he can't reach the 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 lock on the mm-hmm. door and it's like a very nasty bit of comedy and I think most of the comedy in this movie is very nasty like that. Todd Phillips is a guy who makes nasty comedies, but I've liked them in the past, but I didn't find that funny. It's like very dark and bleak. But then his moment of celebration is he's dancing to Rock and Roll Part 2, which is Gary Glitter, convicted pedophile. Like one of the... Like he's a <laughs> fucking convicted pedophile. And it's and- probably the most iconic part of the movie. It's the poster shot it's a poster yeah. shot it's, it's him the dancing big on ending the of the trailer yeah him dancing down the stairs that are covered in rain kicking raindrops yeah. up it's beautifully shot it's very much like um, <laughs> singing in the rain from Clockwork Orange it's yes. very much an aping mm. of that but I think that this is a genuinely edgy moment because it's like they're using music from like everyone knows as a convicted pedophile do you know I think that that's not as deliberate as you're giving it are you serious yeah, I truly don't yeah. think that many people know that Gary Glitter is a convicted yeah. pedophile. That is a song Todd that's Phillips played at like fucking every NBA game. I think he probably <laughs> does, but he's like, mm. it's the same thing as yeah, like, yeah, totally. people aren't going to worry about how did this VHS tape get to this fucking yeah, talk yeah. show. I reckon, yeah. honestly, someone put it in as a temp track and and he was like, fuck, this song mm. rules. I haven't heard this song in ages. How come you never hear this song anymore? This song <laughs> fucking rules. Well, I don't know. To me, that's such a deliberate and choice. And then they've cause... gone, hey, you don't hear very much because this guy's actually mm. in jail for pedophilia. And he would have been like, fuck, but it is sick yeah. though. It is a fucking great song and it looks awesome. Well, yeah. to me, I think that's like, that's the true moment of edginess. Because a lot of people were saying that before this movie came out, media, I don't think it was critics. I think people are blaming critics in the wrong way mm. that they're saying this is a dangerous movie. I don't mm. think it's a critics. I think that's just the discourse around this, surrounding controversies with this character in the past and the way this character has been oh, interpreted the, by The media being people. like, oh, it sure would be awful if there was a mass shooting. Wasn't that yeah. crazy? crazy. That, that was really upsetting that- and you watch the movie. Do a mass shooting oh, I know. Just like begging for begging it. It was yeah. sickening. And then you watch the movie and it's like, this is tame. This is like yeah. a character study. This is, you know, at best, it is saying something about uh, mental illness and it's saying, like, uh, we need more funding to that or whatever. I mean, it's, I don't, yeah, it's I an anti capitalist s- movie. Yes. My, like, I would give it a class reading or a. Yeah. Or a yeah so I would say that's part, of the, part yeah. of the thing that people are saying is that it's potentially going to cause riots or uprising mm. against the rich yeah. um which uh you know what they i believe the studios and the media mm. are a part of yeah so i think that's probably where a lot of that fear is coming from but i i, I would mm. say the gay glitter moment is the only genuinely moment that feels dangerous because mm. it's like fuck that's crazy you're using this song in a moment of celebration I'm like i think that's saying something i don't know what it's saying but i'm like that's a bold choice mm. but then the cello just comes in again and it's like oh now i don't give a shit you just mm. like whatever yeah. But I don't know. I think that this movie it 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 purports itself to be about something, and I think it is about those things. But I don't think it's saying anything about them. It's just like me going like, "Oh, mental health needs a bit more support." 
Mm. Like that's like the that's the depth of it is like me just that's saying that's actually a whole movie what you just said. Yeah, yeah. it would be so good if the Joker was like that middling level of stand up comedy where he was <laughs> posting on Twitter being like, "Hey guys, I know I seem like I hold it all together, but I just want to give a shout out to mental health. Yeah, it's hard to maintain my stream. But it's like that's the depth of it. It's not it's not a, it's not a detailed critique on society. It's, there's not depth of subtext. There is subtext, but it's not a deep subtext. I think that. It's fine. It's a comic book it's movie. It's fine. You don't need that much subtext. And I don't think that it, it doesn't need that much to be read into it. Because it's like, yeah, you can see it. It's there. But, mm. you know, it's not going to fucking, you know, it's not like The Last Temptation of Christ where someone's going to fucking try and kill Todd Phillips for making the movie. You know, let's not underestimate the gamers <laughs> out there, dude. Well, they love it. They're going to crown him or something. I think... Mm. I don't know. I like this movie. I, mm. I genuinely laughed, uh, I don't know, a handful of times. Yeah. I found the jokes in it funny. I laughed at the little person. I laughed when he dropped a gun in the I children's laughed. hospital. Yeah, and I laughed sh- at And held a yeah. finger to his lips <laughs> at the kids. I thought that was very funny. Yeah, it really that got was me. Funny. Yeah, I loved, I loved watching McKean <laughs> Phoenix. I enjoyed the movie. Mm. I will never watch it again. I'm more likely to mm. watch Ant-Man... Than yeah, for this sure. Movie. Uh, I think it, it, it's it's a weird thing because it's like Todd Phillips was like, well, you know what? I'm not going to make comedies anymore. Instead, I'm going to make someone else's movie. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, I, I guess. Yeah. yeah very, Get the money, I guess. Good. But you found your way. <laughs> I think you like what you say. There's like moments of comedy that are funny. I would say to the rest of this movie, oh, why so serious? <laughs> mm, that's very astute. I would say that to that movie. Very I would astute. say that. I think it would get it, and it would be like, "Oh yeah, it's funny." The man who's been arrested breaking into Hoyt's uh, George Street <laughs> and yelling at reels of film for the seventy millimeter print of Joker. Why so serious? <laughs> well, Cam, what are your final thoughts on this movie? My final thoughts. Um, Go home, love yourselves and each other. <laughs> that's that's what, a, was a reference to Jerry Springer. That's what Jerry Springer used to say. <laughs> that's what the Murray Franklin show should have been. It's like, we get freaks on the show and see what happens. Take care of yourselves and each other. <laughs> I had an affair when I was a, a congressman. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so, no, my, my final thoughts are that I think it's a movie for 15-year-old boys. It's Taxi Driver and King of Comedy for mm. 15-year-old boys who will fucking love it mm. and will never watch King of Comedy or taxi driver because it looks old yeah. and it has the guy from fucking <laughs> meet the meet fuckers, the fuckers yeah. or little fuckers in it and hey like, it's got the intern i'll be like yeah why is the intern being serious <laughs> it's why weird. is this funny guy yeah <laughs> why is dirty grandpa being serious that's the last thing i want to say uh, so it's like for them and that's yeah. cool um i believe everyone gave a great performance i can't fault yep. it technically i just think emotionally yeah it was the same beat again and again. The movie begins with um, mm. Joker getting kicked in the balls. Yeah. Uh, and then ends with him, um, you know, like being kicked in the balls by society. Yeah, he's a victim the <clears> entire <throat> time and he takes shit into his own hands. He's somehow still the victim, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he but, kills but, people, you know, he's still the victim. Having said that, I did quite enjoy it, but I probably won't watch it again. Yeah. Uh, to me, I think it's... If you like this movie, that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. I can see that this movie has uh, has connected with people and touched people in a way that obviously didn't with me. And that's why film is subjective. 
And like what, like we were saying, a lot of the discourse around this film has been uh, extremely exhausting. And I'm sorry that we've added to it. <laughs> but um, it has also been exciting to see a movie have such a divisive opinion on such a mass scale like this. Mm. Because, you know, the movies that get the get everyone talking like every aspect of society from critics to uh, just other writers or to an audience discussing the crossover of that is so very rare now it is usually just these comic book movies that do that but to see it be something that's so passionately divisive between people between audience and critics and there being such a variance of opinions of people loving it people just liking it and people disliking it and then people fucking having disdain for it I don't think I'm on that level I think I'm just dislike it I think that it is is something that we haven't seen for a very long time since these movies were like in the 70s mm. or in the 80s when this was the movies that people were seeing. Like, you know, something like Cruising with Al Pacino, it's like a very subversive movie um, and or Taxi Driver itself. Like, these are all movies that have had like a sh- huge impact on uh, the culture, on pop culture and the way that we talk about pop culture and the variance of opinions of people being offended or people uh, liking them. And I think that it is genuinely, for me, exciting to see a movie have impact like this on a huge scale like that in the first time that I can ever remember it in my mm-hmm. lifetime, at least, or in my lifetime as someone that discusses movies. And I'm excited for that, and which is my entire life. I've discussed <laughs> movies from a young age. <laughs> so I think that, if anything, this movie has done that. He has sparked a conversation that is just about art on a mass scale that we have not seen forever. And so, Joker, you have earned a standing ovation from me. Whoa! Oh. Holy moly. And oh. you're literally standing. I'm standing. I think and direct. I've got a boner. I told you, I love talking movie. <laughs> you're giving it truly the, the 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 perfect reaction to it, which is a standing ovation. But as you stand, you're walking away from the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dancing. I'm loving it. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Glitter's Gary playing. Gary Glitter's playing. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. So anyway, Joker, go check it out. It's in cinemas. <laughs> <laughs> And that is the end of our Why So Mini Series. Mini series yeah. all about the Joker. The Joker. Next time uh, on the podcast, Cam, you're going to be going overseas for a little while. I am going overseas for a little while to try and make it. You're and, trying to uh, make it as yeah, the new Joker. The new Joker on the blog. You're trying to get Rid- <laughs> like Riddler movie made. I hear that you're, uh, because the Joker in this one was so scripted, you're being the crowd work Joker. <laughs> anyone, has anyone here done acid? Anyone here done acid? <laughs> Does anyone here have a favourite Simpsons quote? Any couples here? Any couples? Oh, how long have you guys been together? Oh, he's oh, looking at her. He's it's looking at her. Date. He it's doesn't know. Date. Oh, third date. Oh, boy. You guys fucked yet? <laughs> Mate, that's what we do on the third date. Well, have fun. <laughs> All right, guys. Your next act is a uh, great guy. The MC. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the Joker's perfect role is. He should be the MC for all the other villains in the Batman yeah. universe. Uh, this next guy, he's really going to mess with Batman. You're going to love it. Yeah. He's been uh, planning riddles all over town. <laughs> You're going to love this next guy. He's a real fat fuck with a monocle. Yeah, he's funny because he's fucking fat. And every time he's been played, he's fat. And every fat actor gets almost cast as this little fat guy. It's Penguino, okay? Oh. Enjoy him. Hello. 
Oh, quack. Uh, let me move Catwoman out of the way. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. This is good stuff. But you're going to be away, so I am going to be... <laughs> pick up yeah. where we left off. Uh, yeah, pick up where we left off. Very naturally and funny to break it up like that. Yeah. Um, but you're going to be away for a while, but we are going to be doing a Halloween style Shocktober miniseries. Um, why so mini scary? Oh, brother. Oh, boy. <laughs> what about uh, mini scaries? Yeah, okay. okay. I'll give you that. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> I won't use it in any of the marketing, but you guys can all know in your heart it's called a mini scaries. <laughs> uh, but this was voted on by our Patreon group uh, on Facebook, the Cinephile Registry for Registered Cinephiles. And uh, we there were many options in there. There was like The Thing, there was Nosferatu, uh, but the winning one by a couple of votes was uh, The Ring to be discussed uh, on yeah. the podcast. So we're going to be talking next week about the original Japanese 1998 film, The uh, Ring, and then the Gore Verbinski 2002 remake for American audiences, The Ring. And then, Tom, I think you're going to be joining me to talk about Rings, yeah. <laughs> the modern reboot. <laughs> Which is a film that me and Demi have watched and uh, were truly gobsmacked by. Can't wait to rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, we were going to be discussing that. But uh, some of that we've wanted to have on the podcast for ages is going to be joining us. Maria Lewis... Uh, who is a great film writer, great author, mm. and uh, those are going to be awesome. Those are sick movies like Joker. They're awesome. I'll be <laughs> listening to it on the road trip down yeah. the freaking coast of California, eh, brother. <laughs> Speaking of road trip, <laughs> Todd Phillips directed that. Yes, that yeah. is true. Yes. That is true. Is that uh, Tom Green? Uh, yes, yes, yes. I Tom? used to have the poster of Road Trip up on my wall when I was a teenager, and I hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Tom Green would have been a sick Murray Franklin. Mm. Mm. Oh, man. Sean William Scott would have been a sick Joker. Next oh, question. Yeah. Oh. Brecken Meyer, awesome Batman. <laughs> yes. Is he Road Trip? Oh. Yes. Okay, yes. Amy man. Smart, great Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. And so on and so and on. So you can all fan cast oh. Road Trip as uh, DC Universe. As DC if you Universe. Want. Tom, uh, you've got Amazon special coming up soon and other yeah, stuff. Yeah, I've got a uh, my, my festival show this year was uh, uh, filmed and God bless him. Amazon sent have into left Murray up. Franklin live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, this guy's not talking. Uh, <laughs> I am famously tragically a mime. Uh, I've got it. Yeah, so going to be up on Amazon. I think in January. Uh, January. <laughs> That's. Do you say that in the special, oh, dude? You I'm should wait, I am going it. into ADR. It. I'm flying yes. down to Melbourne. Tell me on BigSoftTD.png. Yeah, also that's my Sans podcast with Demi Lardner, and uh, yes, we are also on the Sands Pants Radio Network, which I just have to once again mm. welcome you guys mm. to. Thank you, Nestle. Thank you, Thank Thank you. you so much, Nestle. No Cameron, you've got something exciting coming up too. I. It's already out by now, but oh, if yes. you haven't listened to it yet, the ABC Comedy Presents podcast. Mm-hmm. Just put out an hour of my stand-up comedy. Um, it's on a podcast app that you probably have. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called. ABC, ABC Listen. Listen. Um, the the Apple home Podcasts of Finding Drago. <laughs> or whatever the fuck Android people use. Yeah. It's on there. It's called ABC Comedy Presents. My episode is called Cameron James. Mm. And my show is called Honestly Thank You. 
which, oh. it, which it wasn't called at the time, but I retitled it. You retitled it? <laughs> yeah. Wow. God. Well, you can listen to patreon.com slash Total Reboot for more, such as an in-depth discussion on why Cameron would do something so strange. Mm, mm, Are mm. you a jerker? Well, we'll find out on the episode. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, on the day of release, Cameron and I are doing Comedians Talk Over Movies at the Golden Age Cinema. There'll probably be a couple of tickets left because we just announced it pretty late. Um, and we are talking over The Faculty by Robert Rodriguez. Mm. It is a high school set like uh, uh, in, 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 in remake of The Invasion of the Body Snatchers, yeah. basically. So it's an insane movie. It's going to be real fun. High school movies are the funnest movies to talk over. <laughs> um, but come yeah. to that. It'll be very fun. Yep. Uh, in the meantime, talk to us on Twitter. I'm at This Is Lexi. I'm at I'm Cameron James. I'm at Tom Walker is good. And just to recap, when did you take the photos of Bobby De Niro and Al Pacino out of your wallet? Um, the mm. day I did lose my virginity, I said. <laughs> he said <laughs> they came out. The rubber came out, and so did. <laughs> I was like, "Well, I'm not going to need you guys anymore. Thanks for looking after me all these years." And then I burned them in my hands like an effigy, and I was like, Beautiful. "Yeah, I'm wow. now a made man." Yeah. By the way, when Greek people burn an effigy, it's called an effigy. Really offensive. <laughs> 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 Tom, before we leave uh, this mortal coil, I'd love you to leave us with a uh, your ruminations on comedy and why it's important. Sure. Mm. <laughs> you fucking piece of shit. No, just you know, you're a comedian just of some success heart, and you know? notes. So I think people would appreciate your opinions yeah. and thoughts on comedy. Just sure. From I heart. think comedy is a mirror that you hold up to society. Mm. And mm. while it looks at that mirror, you can pick its pocket to line your own. The comedian's role is to inform, but it's mm. also to enrich themselves. <laughs> it's an fundamentally selfish thing we're doing being up on stage demanding look at me look at me <laughs> and while their gaze is on us well you can say that we're getting paid but also we can turn our powers to nefarious uses promoting products uh, using the earth's resources on our own furthering sure we're holding up a mirror to society but when our arms get tired it's not from holding the mirror Thank you so much. Thanks, Tom. So. Thanks, no, so people will really God. appreciate that. <laughs> 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 really Fuck you guys. This sucks. <laughs>